Welcome back to another episode of With Tony. We've got a great lineup for you today. We're also going to be making a few changes with the show later on, so stay tuned for that. But uh, today's today's topic is uh, I'm, I'm feeling a little slightly more bullish than I was maybe uh, maybe last month. Um, we might, might have some disagreements here with that between uh, Tony and Tanner, but um, anyways, uh, I'm feeling uh, feeling. A, not as bearish is probably a better way to say it. Yeah, that was to say bullish is a. But I'm gonna say bullish because Tony gets uh, upset about that. No, I mean it's just more of a depends on what we're talking about. It does right? depend on what we're talking about. If you're talking overall, it's hard to be bullish, but there are sectors that may be signs of improvement. Yeah. We'll put it that way. There could be. There could be. We'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, speaking of that, I think one of the topics that we're going to dive into or one of the sectors is going to be flatbed. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm predicting a little bit of so- some, some signs of life. There. Although flatbed never saw the full downturn that everything else did. Um, Tanner, when you, th- when you talk to different folks on the customer side that maybe specialize in van versus a reefer versus flatbed over the last year, it's been a big downturn, but they've kind of experienced different things. Is there, is there one mode where you've heard maybe like, hey, we've gotten hit the worst versus maybe hit the least hard. Has there been a common theme that has changed by mode? Um, I mean, I'd say the one mode that probably got hit the hardest was just drive-in, right? Yeah. When you think about refrigerated, people still need groceries. Mm-hmm. People still need eggs, like we talked about last on, week. Man, They're um, still the same price, by the way. They haven't come down. We're gonna... uh, yeah, so refrigerated, it, yes, it got hit, but not yeah. as hard. Flatbed, obviously, you just spoke about that. I think drive-in, just straight up 52 drive-in, refrigerate, uh, drive-in is probably what got hit the most um, from right. what I've heard from our customers. I would, I would agree. I mean, when you think about it, look at, I mean, look where rejection rates are right now. I mean, obviously, reefer rejection rates are at historic lows, but naturally, they are. It's a tighter market than yeah. the van market. You haven't really seen their contractor rates like, like they never peaked like uh, on the van side, and they really haven't come down in the same manner that the van side has. So it's like. Those that came into the market and were seeking out like these record high rates really saw it on the van side. The reefer side, obviously tighter, but the volatility was a little more muted, I guess, even though you're still talking about rejection rates at 50% uh, at some points early in 2022. Yeah, I think just overall, the, the market as all has more exposure to drive yep. into, right? You yep. only have a certain amount of companies who are doing construction and flatbed and moving lumber. Mm-hmm. You only have a certain amount of shippers who are doing chicken, right? Refrigerated stuff. Yep. Um, so most of the people that are in the environment in the market are exposed to drive-in somehow. Yeah. We got we got to talk about demand here. And um, as we're talking about demand, we're actually going to go over to the big chart. We're not going to put this the, the chart on the screen today. We're going to use the, uh, the charts in the back. So a little bit of a different field today. Um, but something about demand is it's, it's kind of bumped back a little bit stronger than I think we traditionally see or what maybe we were thinking. Definitely significantly below still 2021, 2022 levels. But compared to 2019, I think there's a little bit more room mm-hmm. to that. Um, let's jump over. Um, Tony, you want to jump over to the uh, to the chart? Yeah, for Point sure. Point it out. Walk us through it. I mean, when you start looking at what's going on in the freight market here on the demand side, we see here on the left-hand side, obviously, we've got 2019 here in the screen line, purple line, 2020. And then you got the two boom years, right? 2021 in the blue, uh, 2022 in the orange line. We saw this really big spike back following the holiday. And it's not really 
a surprise. I mean, you see this movement when you think the holiday, you've got the seven-day moving averages, things like that. So you get hit with both Christmas and New Year's, back-to-back weeks, and you see this prolonged cycle or depressed volume state. Here, we've seen a spike back in volumes, which me and Donnie Gilbert have talked on carrier updates. I mean, we were talking about that 10,000 mark. That's the number we've always kind of talked about as like the baseline level for OTVI. Now we're up, we spike back up to over 10,000, which to me was kind of a surprise given how the freight market moved in December. But I mean, ultimately, there's room to fall to get back to 2019 levels. But the days of 2021 and 2022 seem like they are long over. The one thing, I'm going to join you here for just a second. <clears throat> the one thing that I think gets me a little bit is we, we see now we are approximately 7% above 2019 mm-hmm. levels for where we are. But if we notice way back here, that, that orange line is 2022 and the green line is 2019. I mean, yep. they, they crossed, kind of depends on when the holidays hit. But, I mean, they were trending only like maybe 1%, 2% apart for the greater part of December. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the, the, the kind of the, the stabilization, the, the yeah. somewhat positive signs we've seen on the demand front here. Really, I mean, if you factor in what we saw that last, I mean, the last week, I've looked at credit card spending. And, and one of the things that stood out to me from Bank of America's credit card report was the fact that we saw this massive... Uh, in acceleration in spending that mm-hmm. happened in that final week of 2022. So, I mean, you started to see people go out and spend money. Uh, whereas, now, Grant, some of that's on services, and services spending is right. really close back to 2019 levels as a percentage of total card spending, according to their data. But you saw this acceleration, which it's, again, you're looking at more spending overall buying things, driving freight demand. Yeah. And some of this is replenishment too, right? From the holidays. Yes. So yeah. now that time sensitivity sensitivity is gone, where does it go from here? I think that's going to be yeah. the key. We've been been trying to reduce a lot of those inventory levels for a while as well. Tanner, from um, from your perspective too, you know, what's been the conversation on the customer side as it relates to to demand, right? Because we've seen prices drop quite a bit. Right. How does that strategy change a little bit as we get into um, into maybe demand stabilizing? Does that change the conversation at all from, hey, everything's just down? Yeah, I don't know if it changes the conversation a lot right now. Um, maybe moving through the second half of the year, it might start to change. But really, the conversation is still the same, right? We're taking a look, watching rejections, watching volume, uh, and just kind of following along that trend. I don't know, we talked about it last week, if there's going to be anything that drastically makes this market change in the first half of the year. So the conversation is to continue to stay the course, watch contacted rates as they continue to fall, continue your mini bed cycles, Um our broker, our obviously clients are chasing after that volume. I think that story stays the same for the majority of the first half of the year. Um, so again, the conversation is, is a, don't make any drastic changes right now in the marketplace. Continue to watch the data, and we'll see where it goes throughout Q1 and Q2. Yeah, well, I think I think it's probably probably a good segue to to pull up you know the next chart because um, we we've seen demand well, we've seen demand stabilize, but it'll also be really impactful to see I think where. A lot of those, you know, rejections have changed as well, especially, um, you know, 
with uh, as it relates to flatbed. Mm-hmm. We're going to dive into flatbed, but before we get to that, this forecast is great on the rate side, and I think this is this is interesting. Uh, the pricing algorithm here that we that we use heavily weights on a lot of our our real time track pricing data, but it also takes into account some of the tender data, which tends to be a bit more forward looking. Um, and if we notice here, we saw a big decline through December. I think. The one caveat here is the rates. This is just a prediction. These aren't actuals. These are predictions. The prediction was, I think, forecasting a little bit more of a dip going all the way to the end of the year. I think we saw a little bit more of a pop compared to what this is, but it's predicting a little bit more of an uptrend there kind of as we get into February a little bit. Um, You know, is there anything that changes in the season that would potentially hint at maybe a, a little bit of maybe pricing pressure i mean it's it's hard to say because i mean if you look at rejection rates they're kind of on this downward move right so you'd anticipate so it's almost like we're seeing this upward movement that we saw happen and i mean you see it up here i mean we peaked out we ended up peaking out a little later in the year but i mean you do have lunar new year coming up Mm -hmm. which is a driver of freight i mean is more impactful on the ocean side than it is necessarily the domestic side, at least immediately. Right. But I mean, you're going to start having produce and things like that start coming across the border, right? If you think things coming up from South America, Mexico cross border and going out from there, that will really start. And then you'll start as we get later in the spring months and into early summer, that's when you're going to see produce really start to play an impact. And I mean, some of that stuff, it's direct to spot it just because depends on harvest and things like that. So it changes a little bit. You don't really necessarily always see it go into the contract market first and get rejected. It can flow right to the spot market, but it is interesting to see uh, an uptick. But I mean, if you look at where it is compared to where the NTI is now, it's still uh, pretty significantly lower. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about that directional movement. Tanner, you, you've been telling us too that a lot of the, a lot of customers, they're heavily using track right now. I, I believe, I believe it's now our most used data set inside of Sonar. How, how are they leveraging or thinking about the NTI forecast now as it maybe gets involved in those conversations or maybe in some strategy uh, with their planning process? Yeah, moving forward with track again, since it's it's high frequency, right? So we're looking at daily rates. We're not looking at like a three-day or a seven-day average, right? We're getting rates literally updated in our system and daily. Um, and so it allows those guys to be proactive. It's allowed them to jump on this conversation and say, hey, due to the, the data that we're using, right, we see that rates are moving up. So therefore, maybe you need to give us a little bit more lead time. Maybe we need to think about raising those rates a little bit, right? So they're really being able to use those high-frequency track rates to take those relationships from more of a transactional relationship to more of a consultative approach by using that data mm-hmm. to kind of understand what the directional flow is. Um, as far as the forecasting part comes in, right, again, as you guys were talking about, we really only have it as a national level now, but at least allows our customers to kind of give their customers um, feedback and insight into how to plan, right? So if for interesting our rates are obviously expected to go up here a little bit in early February, then they need to tell their shipper clients maybe thinking about expanding that tender lead time, right? Um, so there's a ton of different ways that you kind of use this forecasting um, to, to use to be able to consult their customers on, on what's to come. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think he makes a great point, right? That consultative role in, in this freight marketplace, it's especially important right now. When you think about how the markets change, right? Shippers, 
now aren't necessarily under the pressure that they were to, hey, I just need a truck. It doesn't matter the cost. Now they have some, they have leverage. They're able to, hey, you've got to service our freight and, and maintain those service levels. Uh, I mean, I heard conversations uh, recently from a broker that talked about, hey, you may not even be able to participate in a bid until you service us on the spot side of things because we want to make sure you can keep up your end of the bargain just to participate in a bid. So, I mean, this is where being able to have conversations with no. the, that, that relationship is so vital and being able to use things like this and track and show, hey, this is what's really going on in the market, where the market's headed, what's going to happen to, I mean, enhance those relationships, but also make them and really make them beneficial on both sides. Definitely. Let's, I want to I pivot gears here just a little bit because, you know, we've been talking about this. We've seen, we've seen the market come down, but we're going to look at a particular segment today. We're going to be talking a little bit more on flatbed, all right? So, um, and we're going to look at a, at a chart um, outside of Sonar, and you've probably heard a lot about lumber prices and where those went during the pandemic. You know, they, they went absolutely bonkers. So we're going to throw that up because I, I think we've got maybe some initial signs of some bullish moves here. Uh, for the flatbed market. So this is the price of lumber. If you're not familiar, this is priced um, in dollars per 1,000 uh, board feet. So basically we're at $350 per 1,000 feet. Um, and lowest point that we have been since May of 2020. I mean, yep. it hasn't been. In fact, we're, I mean, we're really kind of in the middle of 2019 levels. We're right yeah. in the middle of 2019 levels. Um, you know, or at the bottom of 2018 levels. That's a great sign. Yeah, for sure. Especially when you think about the housing market and things like that. We've seen this boom, or everybody talks about houses, right, yes. throughout the pandemic and wanting to, to move out and things like that. You see the price that where demand just extremely high, right, yeah. on, the, on the lumber side, and it drove prices to what, levels of, yeah, I mean, $1,600, $1,500. I mean, yeah, I mean, those were insane, insane levels. Yeah, so, I mean, it's like any market. It's supply and demand, and it, it may not, it's one of those, it's tough to sell what necessarily what side it's coming from, but the good news is it makes things more affordable, or it makes yeah. building a house or some the like more affordable, which, if you look, when you look at housing starts and our flatbed rejections, they line up pretty close to, yeah. to each other because obviously construction materials, things like that, rely so heavily on flatbed. We'll see in the price, one of the input costs of construction come down to more normal levels is obviously a good sign, especially yeah. it's kind of like we've been in this inflationary period and now, now we've basically come completely out of it on the lumber side. Yeah. Not, not really anywhere else, but this is one of those ones that everybody was talking about. Well, now it gets no headlines because it's basically back to where it was. Right. Right back to where it was. And it'll be interesting to see, too, the impact of this, you know, and does that influence that new construction at all? Does it spur new construction? Interest rates are still very high. Yep. So there's a lot of inflation on that side. The, the, the A lot of upward pressure on the cost to borrow money. Mm -hmm. But... Does this maybe offset some of it? Time will tell. Honestly, it probably helps home builders more yeah. than it helps a consumer. Uh, I mean, you think about the backlogs that they've had. Uh, I mean, between building permits, 
I mean, obviously housing starts to have already started, but building permits, houses authorized, but not yet started. This helps them probably more than it helps the consumer in the market for a house. But ultimately, this will help increase the supply of houses, yeah. which, I mean, ultimately will drive prices of houses back. So, I mean, it's maybe not the best thing to hear if you bought a house anytime soon, but what it's gonna, it's gonna be that kind of give and take. Like yeah. you're getting on one end with the, the mortgage rate, but then on the other side, if you increase the supply of houses. So again, it might, might help to plateau that inflation possibly on yep. home prices, but may not actually see material downward pressure in yep. prices. Absolutely. Maybe in isolated situations. <laughs> Good deal. Let's pull up the, uh, the flatbed tender data here, just so we can compare the tender rejections on the, um, uh, on the overall market versus on the flatbed side, because I think this tells a, tells a really nice picture here. So you've got overall tender rejections here in blue. Uh, my, my favorite data set, sitting at just a hair under 5% right now, this is over the last, uh, over the last couple of years. And then you've got um, in green is the flatbed side. So I mean, again, flatbeds in green, saw that massive surge up. I don't know if you guys remember on the last chart here, but that little spike right there in July, or right before July, right? We saw a similar spike. It wasn't the really big spike that we saw in lumber prices, but it was it was the first spike before it came down and then went up into the real mountain, right there in the flatbed tender data. Yep. And then here we go, all the way up, peaked in uh, early 2022 before coming down, but it never had the same fall, right? Hit almost 50% at the peak, same with reefer, but reefer is now around 6 7% right now, Flatbed's at almost 17%. Yeah, I mean, you look back here on the chart, right? Back to 2018 into 2019, overall rejections and flatbed rejections were very, very yeah. similar. I mean, even 2020, then you see the divergence in the yeah. two happen there during really the start of COVID. Mm -hmm. You saw construction activity kind of slow down around that time. So you don't see re re flatbed rejections react where you had consumer goods and so van and reefer that demand was on the rise capacity was remarkably tight as you can see and you saw just this divergence and then 2022 they almost acted i mean we saw downward movement in flatbed rejections but it and it was was extreme but it kind of found this like i don't say floor but i mean it's short-term floor i'd argue yeah. in maybe september maybe even august yeah I mean, much, much sooner, whereas Van continued to fall. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, you can see that here. This continued to fall, even though, and these have actually come up a decent amount. Yeah, I mean, you're talking spiking up, peaking up maybe over. Maybe like 13% to now 17%. Yeah, and you, you peak out over 20% there around the holiday. I mean, it's a, it's a good thing. Great it's sign. A, it's a positive sign if you're a flatbed carrier, right? This is a chance at 16%. I mean, if you think about the inflationary pressures, or the ability to put pressure upward pressure on rates, you're looking what between seven and ten yeah. percent typically. Like if if the overall rejection rate was at ten percent, it's a time hey push your rates up or right. your rates aren't your rates need to be higher to guarantee your capacity. Definitely. So at sixteen percent, it's still kind of in that same realm on the flatbed side. So obviously, still a market that is quite tight, especially when you're talking about the overall freight market that has seen just ample capacity enter the market. Definitely operate a little bit better. Tanner, I'm coming back to you. Um, have you had any conversations with carriers or 3PLs or even shippers who are kind of moving both segments of the market 
you know, that maybe have a lot of van exposure, maybe also have a little flatbed exposure. How do they, how do they think about those two kind of operating differently right now? Yeah, it seems that the flatbed carriers and brokers right now are definitely operating in more niche environments, right? The drive-in <laughs> sector right now is just, hey, pretty much go out and get any kind of volume freight you can. And the flatbed rate is like, hey, we've got maybe a few customers that we're concentrating on that we're giving our best service as much as we can. Um, but with 60% yeah. rejections, like you were talking about, that's just, that's that's hard. That's hard to sustain as a shipper, right? You're talking right. about the opposite. So you're talking about what, 84% acceptance rate? If you think about that yeah. over the last five or six years, that's a very, very low compliance rate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think a lot of the flatbed customers that we have are just, they're very niche and they're focused on what they have. And then the drive-in sector are pretty much just pushing and pushing for as much volume. Give me saving. everything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I think that's the trend you'll see. Is this is where like, I've had conversations around oil and gas and things like that. And you see these niche markets that it's just not, they're not seeing the same relief I guess, like the shippers aren't seeing the same relief on those fronts as they are in, like you said, the van side and even the reefer side. I mean, even though it's a little more niche, there's not, there's still been relief because there has been capacity added on the reefer side. Yeah, and I think from the flatbed perspective, you look at the last year, I think half of the ups and downs come from demand. And mm -hmm. I think the other half of it comes from a capacity shortage. Like yep. you just did, you had all, like you guys were talking about lumber prices. A lot of that lumber started coming down from Canada, right? Mm -hmm. And so if the demand picks up, that means there's more lumber that's needed. It's not like we went out and just gained 100,000 flatbed trucks in the marketplace, yep. right? You still yep. have the same capacity. So I think half, my opinion, I think half of that up and down came from demand and the other half came from literally just yep. having a capacity shortage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and I think too, Tony, you brought this up, right? We've got a lot of that uh, lumber prices that have come down. It's helped, probably will help the uh, construction uh, workers more, but that doesn't matter. It'll still help the flatbed guys because yeah, day, I mean, it's a driver right. of demand, right? right? On the demand front, it's okay if it doesn't spur more people to buy houses immediately. Mm -hmm. Still going to have those housing starts. Yeah. So how does it how does it affect, in my opinion, in, in the housing market, right? Because you have builders who bought lumber as the prices were going up because so many people were buying houses. Mm -hmm. Well, now you've got all this extra houses that are pretty much almost done at higher cost, mm. but now the supplies are starting yeah. to go down. So you're going to start seeing the new homes that are finished start to bring down those prices. So mm -hmm. my opinion is what, what are the builders' balance sheets going to look like when they're sitting on houses that are finished that, that are now can sell for less? Yeah, it's going to take a hit on their margins, I mean, ultimately. But it should work itself out. I mean, it's it's one of those things. It, it's kind of like you saw it transitioning a little from flatbed, but you see it on the CPG front too, right? They Their prices on the way up, I mean, they've seen increases in, I mean, you talked about it, eggs and yeah. raw materials, right? They pass some of that cost off to consumers, but now they're at the point where it's like, do we want to drop? We're not really at a point where we can drop the price. Well, at some point you're going to have to just because you're just going to lose consumers. I think you're going to see some of the same issues happen and take that margin hit mm -hmm. on the home builder side. I think one thing on the home builder front that maybe makes it a little less sticky, the price is that you've got so like the home builder market is kind of like the trucking market in that there's so many entrants in the market. So many people can build homes and so many folks do build homes in the same way. So many people are, are driving trucks. So you can have, it only takes a couple to start the trend of, okay, we dropped the prices. And mm -hmm. you're right, they might take losses on some of those homes they built, the sky-high lumber prices, but then they're going to build these new homes at cheaper lumber prices. And they're competing with existing homes, right? Yes, because if right. you think about 90% of home sales are existing home sales. Yeah. And 
the way that prices have inflated, people that were buying their houses that are really trying to sell them have made money. If you bought it pre-pandemic, you've made money in your house more than likely. So does it necessarily, like for them to, hey, I listed at 500,000, but I bought it at 300,000. Well, I can take the, I can take $50,000 off and I've still made $150,000. Yeah. Taking a $50,000 hit as a home builder is a bigger Bigger issue. Right. Yeah, I, I think I think this year, in my opinion, we're going to see record lows home sales in the United States because yeah. the reason is that we had the highest amount of people refinance in the mm-hmm. last two years at two percent, three percent, three and a half, four percent. I mean, mortgage rates are now at six. People are not going to want to pay that extra two yep. and three percent in their mortgage Adds rates, up. so they're not they're not going to move. Nope. Adds up. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see where it goes, especially with more of those uh, uh, rate increases expected from the Fed here mm-hmm. over the next uh, few months. So uh, I believe they're targeting somewhere in that five and a quarter percent range plus or minus. So we'll see exactly where that lands and what that impact is to mortgage rates. But anyways, thank you so much for joining us today. If you like the new format, let us know in the comments. And uh, if you'd like us to dive into another subsector beyond Flatbed or a different area, let us know that. Happy to do that. In the meantime, have a fantastic Wednesday and we'll see you next week live at 3 p.m. Take care.